a mundane Monday night here in Fort Wayne, Indiana. We finally got some rain uh, after it feels like 20 or so days of, of just heat and dryness. So uh, good for all those people needing some water for their grass and their landscaping. Um, got a lot to get to tonight. Uh, I, I didn't expect it to, this show to be um, such a, I guess, a large scale topic um show i thought we were gonna talk about the memorial which we will and the canadian open which we will but um pretty pretty huge day in the history of golf really and uh joining me to talk about it all um someone that's always interested in growing the game of golf uh flint michigan's own johnny strauser johnny welcome thank thank you yes this is uh quite the crazy day and actually you said it was monday night it is it is tuesday for the people who are Oh follow on on the timeline of schedule just so we're clear on on how big of a bombshell that uh that was dropped today and i'll i'll let you kind of start with that and and kind of go into what happened yeah apologies i've lost i've lost track of my days i think because i was in i was in dublin ohio for the weekend and i've just i've lost track of my days but yeah, a uh, pretty pretty normal start to everyone's Tuesday. Then I think nine ten o'clock somewhere in there. Um, pretty much a historic moment in not just golf but sports. Uh, uh, the news came through, and I, I'm still trying to process it. I know you are as well. And we're going to lead off uh, tonight's show talking about at least our initial thoughts, impressions. Um, we're so early into this, and we don't know a lot, but. Um, and I'm going to do a little bit of reading to start off the top here, but uh, basically an agreement has uh, come about between the PGA Tour, the DP World Tour, and the Public Investment Fund, which is the obviously the financial arm of the Saudi Arabian government, which has launched Live Golf in the past year. Um, the press release says they have announced a landmark agreement to unify the game of golf on a global basis. Uh, the parties have signed an agreement that combines the PIF's golf-related commercial businesses and rights, including Live Golf, with the commercial businesses and rights of the PGA Tour and DP World Tour into a new collectively owned for-profit, that's a key term, entity to ensure that all stakeholders benefit from a model that delivers maximum excitement and competition among the game's best players. The PIF will make a capital investment into the new entity to facilitate its growth and success. The new entity, named to be determined, will implement a plan to grow these combined commercial businesses, drive greater fan engagement, and accelerate growth initiatives already underway. With Live Golf in the midst of its second groundbreaking season, that's a relative term, the PGA Tour, DP World Tour, and PIF will work together to best feature and grow team golf going forward. Um, I will not read the entire um, statement. I will skip down to Jay Monahan. After two years of disruption and distraction, this is a historic day for the game we all know and love. The transformational partnership recognizes the immeasurable strength of the tour's history, legacy, and pro-competitive model and combines it with the DP World Tour and Live, including the team golf concept, to create an organization that will benefit golf's players, commercial, and charitable partners and fans. 
Later on in the, the release, uh, PIF Governor Yasir al-Rumayan, I, I am probably not, not uh, pronouncing that exactly right, but we'll go with that, says we are pleased to move forward in step with Live and PIF's world-class investing experience um, and applauds, or I'm sorry, this is Jay, so he's talking about Yasir al-Rumayan for his vision and collaborative and forward-thinking approach that is not just a solution to the rift in our game, but also a commitment to taking it to new heights. This will engender a new era in global golf for the better. Um, Johnny, I think we first did our, we did our first live golf discussion. I went back and looked at, I think it was February, 2022, where we talked about what is this going to be? Is this going to turn out to be anything at the time? It was nothing. It seemed like on the surface, it seemed dead for a while. It got reinvigorated May of last year. And then by June, we were like, oh my God, is the PGA tour going to live through this? Um, there's been a lot of peaks and valleys in this story, um, a lot of drama, a lot of back and forth between players, fans, um, you know, Twitter handles being created, fan accounts, all this stuff. It's kind of culminated into this announcement today and, and an announcement that I don't think anyone saw coming. It sounds like about five people knew about this. Um, Monahan, um, uh, Al Ramayan. Two, two of the who's going to be on the board, um, one of those guys, um, Jimmy Dunn, who's had a large hand in the game of golf, um, especially with some of the financial pieces and um, good relationships with guys on the tour. Only a few guys knew about this. The the top players didn't know about this. I guess there's a lot lots to unpack here, but what's your initial impression? How shocked were you? On a scale from one to ten, I mean, it was – a million on, as far as shock value. Like I, somebody mentioned it after I saw the news today, one of my coworkers, and he was like, you know, what do you think about that? And I said, I said, you could have asked me to name off a million things that would happen golf related that I could think of just today, just, just a million, a million things off the top of your head. That's going to happen. Um, and the PGA tour, joining the with, with piff and the dp world tour would not have been in the first 1 million 2 million or 3 million i mean uh, you know based on everything that jay monahan the pga tour commissioner had said um starting 10 months ago 12 months ago whatever it was uh leading up to this i mean i just uh would not have imagined that this was the way that it was going to go and uh you know it was it's 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 i i still can't process it and we're now 10 to 12 hours after this announcement is made and i truly don't know you know what to think here because you know we've always talked about on this podcast you know we disagreed with live and and what they stood for and and how they poached the players and lessen the competition as golf fans and now the pga tour jay monahan basically um you know went in behind everybody's back and just decided to basically change the golf landscape as we know it for however many years um, with only four other people knowing. So, you know, whether that's a good thing or bad thing, that's what, you know, we'll discuss a little bit here and in, in future podcasts and everything, because I think there's going to be some advantages and obvious disadvantages to, to this, uh, this, this here, but my gosh, I mean, what, you know, I don't think under my wildest dreams 
or nightmares or whatever did would I expect anything for for this to happen you know i mean you had to been the same way like you know we probably saw a notification or saw a tweet you had to think of it was like a joke right i kind of did you know there's always these these jokers out there that's like an like a fake adam schefter right that announces Mm -hmm. like um you know matt stafford gets traded to the bears and you're like wait what and then you look at the twitter handle and it's it's like there's some difference. You're like, Oh my God, I just got, I just got bamboozled here, but I I did. I did a double take. I saw it come across my phone. I'm like, wait, what? And then I dug into it and I'm like, Oh my God, that just like, what? And I think, I think you were the first person I texted and I'm like, is this real? Like, because there's, there was no, there's usually a pretty good indication. There's a rumor mill. Golf has a pretty good rumor mill. A lot of Twitter handles that we follow have some inclination that something like this is coming. Um, you know, there's there's sources here and there. Um, you just hear about these things with the grapevine, and it, it's it really seemed to shock everyone in the golf world. And um, you know, the more you think about it, you you kind of like, okay, I, I actually this this is probably the only endpoint um, that this this story could have taken. Um, you know, going back a year ago, uh, Jay Monahan talked about that they'll they'll never be able to compete with the public investment fund of Saudi Arabia. I mean, we're talking about hundreds of billions of dollars, um, and they just the PGA Tour was never going to be equipped with that deep of pockets, even with um, you know massive sponsorship and and things of that nature. That and, and we know in just sports and and in business that money talks, and I think I think. Money won out here, um, for better or worse. Um, you know, you mentioned you and I have have at least disagreed with the lip product. Um, you know, maybe the the sports washing aspect behind live, and um, you know, there's no I, I, again, there's no denying that's that's what this is, and um, I guess you could say the PGA Tour is now complicit in that. Um, I'd say I, 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 another question I want to, you know, we'll get into some of the specifics, but I mean, Jay Monahan, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of tough. I mean, you, you kind of compare the statements to the RBC Canadian open last year and then what, it, what some of the statements that came out today that he said, and it's, it really is a 180. And um, I know some of the players in the players meeting today at the RBC Canadian open mentioned, uh, you know, some very hypocritical, um, you know, ways that his statements, you know, came out as it's, it's hard to see him as anything but a hypocrite. I can also see the other side where, you know, at the time he was trying to save the PGA tour and maybe today he's essentially trying to save the PGA tour because he, maybe he can't see any other end to it and he didn't have any other answers. What do you think? Well, I think there, I, you know, there's going to be a lot of speculation now, but I think there's a lot of it. And yeah, he, he was, has now made some very hypocritical statements, but you know, he said he made another statement today and it's going to get talked a lot. And I know it's already become a meme where he says, basically, I, I wasn't uh, made available that information that I am now. So I'm making a decision based on that. And that's, that is true. And people allowed to do that. And, you know, hopefully he made the decision that's actually best for the game. But when you look at the the amount of money that the, uh, um, that, that the, the Saudis have, I mean, you could only 
generally assume it's going to go one way and it's just a money grab but but you're right is is was live going to continue to to poach these guys and build their tour and continue to try to just take away the talent from the pga tour there so you know that that could have been one thing um i i did read a couple tweets that was speculating that this basically ends all the the litigation in court regarding um uh you know about the the antitrust laws and everything like that you know when that happens lawyers demand to see your books they they want to see the finances and, and the uh uh, the PJ Tour has all, always claimed and always said. I think they file as a nonprofit, and you gotta wonder if if uh, you know this saves any sort of potential, um, you know, you know, concern about the PJ Tour having to having to open the books and, and show that you know whether they're making you know significant significant charitable donations versus how much money they're bringing in and and, and all that other stuff. So, you know, I, I think the money had a lot to deal with it. And I think the Saudi government has also wanted to get into the PGA tour since it is such a global game. And, and they've, they've really tried to get into like the English premier league and formula one racing. And they've, they've tried to put their hands into that. And I think this was the perfect opportunity where, um, they uh the saudi investment fund was just basically like uh you know we have hundreds of billions of dollars that we'd like to give you and still kind of giving the pga tour control supposedly of a lot of like what the schedule is or or how the tournaments are run and you know etc cetera, etc cetera. it just gets the uh the the saudi government kind of associated with it which is obviously is the concern but uh you know i think there's a lot that um that went into this and you know whether we agree with it or not because you know we've talked about the human rights and and all that other uh you know the the non-golf factors of it i think there's a lot of financial things that that did you know that that were the main reasons that were being considered like that and uh mm-hmm. you know i just i think that stuff will kind of come out but this is i think something that that maybe they used live as a way, as a means to try to break into it. And then, um, you know, eventually coming together, I guess, in within a, you know, a several week period here of getting the PJ tour on board in that, in you know, that sort of way. Mm-hmm. I, I do. I definitely think I mean, you mentioned the antitrust issue uh, that was, that was going to be potentially held against the PJ tour. I, I think that has, uh, that's a factor in this uh the the whole discovery and what what could have potentially been found i i think that's i think that had to be uh a piece of this um yeah i you know i i'm i'm torn on on aspects of this i i think overall like the the game of golf sort of wins because you know one of the arguments that i never agreed with all along was like you know competition is good you know you want you know other leagues out there i'm like i i could see that in business like monopolies exist and 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 in certain aspects of the business world and, and i don't think they're great but sports is one of those things where i want a monopoly i want there to be one nba i want there to be one professional football league i don't i don't want the usfl or xfl to do well enough where i have to divide my viewing interest between the nfl and that league or the nba and the competing league it's the same with golf 
I mean, if you want to throw that the the PGA Tour and the European Tour have been competing for years, uh, well, I, I I would disagree with that. I think they sort of supplement each other, and they always have. Um, I, I guess except when it comes to the Ryder Cup, but I, I just never agree with the, the theory that that a monopoly in sports is bad. I just I think you want again the best athletes in that sport to be competing against each other at all times, and I guess the good news is is that it looks like we are on a path back to that. Um, there's so much unknown to this about um, what that's going to look like. I think it sounds like for 2023, both schedules will be played out um, in their existence. Um, it's funny though, in the press release, it, it does not really mention it, it. You know, the, the merger is, is the PGA tour, the DP world tour and, and the PIF. It doesn't mention live as part of the merger. Um, so it, it, you know, kind of wonder if live golf is in existence after the end of the season. Um, you made a good point. I know, I think this was a, a New York post article, I think in late December that I, I, I saw and I referenced again today, but, um, and I don't know if it was if it was um, you know Albert Mayan that, that made the statement or another um, you know PIF official, but um, that they've always wanted to be a part of the golf landscape and they wanted to have their tentacles into it. I don't think it was ever their vision to actually run their own golf league that ended up happening with live. I, I don't, I don't ever think that that was part of their long-term plan. I think what happened today was more of what they were hoping for. Um, you know, the PGA tour has a global brand, global name. And I, I think their, their vision probably aligned more with the involvements financially with the tour than running live golf. I, I think that makes more sense for them long-term. And it, it, to me, Johnny, it seems like this this Al Ramayan dude is he's he's the guy. I mean, I think he is the guy. I, I don't know what happens to Jay Monahan. I know there's a lot of people, including players, you know, just based on their tweets, based on some of what we heard from the players' meeting, that that they want him out as as commissioner. And I don't even know what commissioner means um, necessarily now um, of the PGA Tour. But do you think Monahan survives this? No. I, I can't. I can't imagine he does because he asked these players to not take hundreds of millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars, millions of dollars, whatever it was, to join the Live Golf League and fight for the PJ Tour, fight for what's right, fight for the legacy of, of it, and then for him to just say, you know, what, we're just gonna we're gonna join join th these guys up here, and and, and you know. Maybe he welcomes them back. The 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 live golfers. I, I'm sure there's going to be some pathway. It may not be just like a simple way. I don't think Monahan lasts too long. Now, will he hang on another year or so as this develops? I, I don't know how. I don't know how the process of him getting elected or or removed from that commissioner office there. But you're right. Is you know generally who controls the money is is who controls an organization and that's and that, that's the public investment fund that's uh that you know that's that's doing that so you know i i think the players are are you know they're rightfully upset i know they you know it's it's a you know the pga tour always says it's a tour run by the players for the players 
and they had you know not literally none of them knew until we all knew when it was announced on cnbc and and on twitter there so you know that'll be an interesting thing on how this this ends up going but you know you know, if they have a way to out Monahan, I think they'll do it at the first chance that they get. Um, so that's why it'll be s- such an interesting thing over the next couple of months to see what this is going to end up entailing as far as a schedule for next year um, and, and incorporating the guys who did sign those mega deals um, for Liv. But, um, you know, mentioning what you said, you're not sure what this, you know what's going to end up happening with Liv. I think that this is it, it's done. They may have some sort of fall series that's similar to this, that, that maybe uh, it's an invitational type thing that guys can sign deals and play in the off season or, you know, something like that. But this was just, you know, I, I think we're going to see the the final season of live. If it even plays out, I was actually a little surprised when you said I hadn't heard anything about it, whether it was still going to continue on for the rest of the season here. So, you know, if, it, if it does, you know, it does, but uh, I think it's that as far as that's going to change, it's just what Monaghan, you know, made this decision. How is he going to grow the game and, and make it, you know, where angry fans who don't like, what's going on? Are they going to keep watching? You know, people like you and me, you know, it's the only product you're right. It's nice that it's all in one. If we got the players all in one tour to play in these events, it makes it the the most compelling, the most fun, the most enjoyable sporting event to watch. And I agree with you on, on, you know, sports monopolies. It, It works out perfectly because we want to see the best talent out there. And so it'll, it'll be very fascinating to see what, where they go with this because you know this wasn't a collection of 50 men and women or or you know something like that coming up with this decision and having a plan that once uh, this this merged of what they were going to do this was the decision of of five people and that was it and then now suddenly they control completely control, control the landscape of golf uh as we're going to see it over the next you know 10 plus years mm-hmm. And, and I've, I've read a lot of things today, and I, I don't want to make what I said as like gospel. That, that I thought I read that, that the 23 live schedule was going to finish out as scheduled, but I, I may have not read that correctly. I, I thought I did. Again, maybe my brain's broken by the time we're recording this at 9 o'clock. Um, you know, I, I, think, I think a big sticking point for a lot of people is, man, guys like Rory – uh, JT, Rom, maybe maybe not so much Rom, but but the guys, at least the guys that stayed, which which does include Rom and, and includes those other guys and some of the other stars we have mentioned, Morikawa, things like that. Um, you know, the, uh, you got to feel a little betrayed, I guess, for lack of a better term, of of how this played out, and then not being part of the consultation or. Um, ultimately some of the decision-making that went into this. Um, if you think about Rory, I mean, he's basically been the figurehead for the tour the last 12 to 13 months and um, probably f- had to forego five, $600 million on the table. I mean, if Tiger was getting seven, 800 million, Rory's getting a half a billion if he goes to live. And, um, you know, 
I, I don't know if those guys get made whole in some way. I think I am trying to figure out, man, can they, can they do something for these guys to, you know, reward them for their loyalty and, and how will that work out with the PIF now? And even guys like Ricky Fowler, who reportedly gave up $75 million to stay. I mean, you can't, I don't think you can reward all these guys for staying with the tour, but also I can't, I can't see them not being compensated at least in some way. Right. Oh, absolutely. I, I think there's a lot, I mean, you know, with all the money that, that, that fund has, you know, I, I think, um, currently, so just currently on the PGA tour before today, um, players couldn't actually accept appearance fees, which is basically, Hey, we'll pay you this much for showing up and playing in the tournament. You come to the dinner on Wednesday night, you know, you do a clinic on Tuesday type of thing. Um, I, I got to think that that's got to change at this point where, where these guys can get paid to play in these events here. So, you know, with that, with that extra money there. So, you know, I'm, I'm hoping for their sake, I guess, I mean, they're already got generational wealth. So in the end, I really don't give a shit, but you mm -hmm. know, I hope they get rewarded in some way, whether that's financially or whether that's, you know, personally in, you know, whether they, they get a say in how the new PGA tours be structured or something like that. Cause I mean, they took all these bullets for, um, for Jay Monahan to be flying out to Monaco or, you know, wherever it was to do these secret meetings and, and where he basically hid and, and they continued to answer questions and then they, they get railroaded, you know, out of the blue there. So yeah, you'd hope that that makes up for it. Um, but I, I, you know, I think they'll be fine otherwise, obviously with, uh, with, with all the money they've made, but that, that would lead me to where, it's going to be interesting to see when guys like Pat Reed or, you know, Brooks or any of these guys come back to play in these regular tour events, you know, how they're going to be received. I mean, I, you know, Rory passing up half a billion dollars when he sees, you know, some of these guys that uh, waltzed over took their 50, $60 million and want to pat Rory on the back and say, Hey, Hey, how you doing? I mean, I'd be a little salty. Probably yeah. a lot more than that. I mean, wouldn't you? I remember that. Remember the quote of the summer last year is these guys can't have their cake and eat it too. Yes. Tur turns out actually Dustin Johnson is going to have his cake and eat it too. Phil Mickelson, um, which by the way, I, I, I guess maybe Phil's like the big winner of the day that he's uh, vindicated with everything he has said for the last year. Um, I, I, I guess that's the case. Um, but yeah, you're right. I, I, I don't know how you're not, if you're Rory or Justin Thomas, where you don't feel, um, like, man, what the fuck just happens? Um, I put in Rory basically <laughs> has basically said like his mental health has been not in the best, you know, space the last two or three months. And, and, you know, obviously a lot of that has to do with the energy has he has poured into this fight. Um, for the PGA Tour, and and in the end, it, it ends up with this result today. So I'm fascinated to see what he says tomorrow at his presser at the Canadian Open. Fascinated to see what some of these guys have to say as as um, they get the opportunity uh, over the next couple of weeks. Uh, obviously, the U.S. Open next week. Man, that's going to be wild next week. Um, obviously, yeah. 
I was just about to ask you, you know, or, you know, what, what is still the big winner in all this? And it's still the majors. It's still the majors. And, um, but I, I, there's so many unanswered questions and I'm sure we're just scratching the surface with a lot of this. And I expect us to be talking about this, uh, next week and the week after and the week after, as we learn more and more about what this all actually means. But, um, we did our 20 to 25 minutes for time's sake. We got to move on, which, um, feels a little hard to do, but we, there was, there was a tournament this past weekend on the PGA tour and it was a big tournament and it was a good tournament. It was a very good tournament. Um, Victor Hovland wins uh, the Memorial. Uh, first win of the season. Um, first win uh, on the mainland United States. Uh, he had two wins in uh, Mexico, right? And one win Puerto Rico. In, and one win in Puerto Rico, right? Yep. Yep. Um, so fourth career tour win. Um, definitely like a big dick kind of win, right? I mean, there's no doubt about it. One of the best fields of the year. Um, Elevated event, Jack's tournament, um, major championship type of course. Uh, we kind of talked about it. We kind of half predicted it last week that we thought he was going to be involved and he was going to be in at the end, and and there he was. Uh, thoughts on the memorial from you? Well, I didn't get to watch much of it, unfortunately, even though it's one of my more favorite events. Had some family family stuff um going on for pretty much the entire weekend but uh but yeah that's, that's such a big win for for Victor and you know he he had been close in a lot of big time events major championships and he it was always that short game and and winning on a tough golf course with a good field because he was you know because the events that he won weren't the uh weren't weren't very big and um you know, you told me after the PGA you were gonna, gonna you were gonna keep betting him um, every time he played because you thought he was close. And I said, "Yep, I'm gonna do that too. I'm gonna bet him every single time." So I bet him the next week, and then completely forgot about it. Just completely forgot, and and didn't throw a bet on him uh, for Memorial. So I, I I am badly regretting that. But uh, but he played great golf and you know he's he's such a good iron player i think he's kind of figuring out a way to manage his 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 uh struggling short game but he, he's he's a good putter so he can kind of make up for that in certain spots and when he when he hits his driver and his irons well you know you don't necessarily need a ton of uh, uh of good you know great short game there and you know, he played well at the PGA championship. So he kind of proved that he could play a golf course like that. And this is, you know, almost a major championship setup. So really good win for him. I think it was one of those early in his career signature wins that he kind of needed. Cause you look at some of the guys, you know, you look at, uh, um, you know, Morikawa with a couple wins and, and, you know, guys are getting those wins early, those, those signature ones. And this one on is every bit of a, of a good win as, as a lot of major championships are. So, you know, good solid play for him. And, um, you know, I, I think he's finally learning how to, like I said, you know, play his weaknesses and, and is going to be a strong player, for not only the rest of this year, but just I think he's set up with a, a good solid career coming up. Yeah, I, I think the you know, we we've we've definitely played up the short game troubles a lot. And I think we do that because we we feel like it 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 is a difference maker in majors. Um he has overcome it the last three majors where he's been part of the story. 
Um, he has bridged the gap to where he's at least, you know, not, he's not killing himself around the greens like he was a year or two years ago. Um, you know, what, something that mattered to me is on the 72nd hole when he absolutely had to make a par and he hit it, he hit it long in two. Um, you know, that, that, that 18th green has a considerable amount of slope shipping from that rough. Um, it wasn't a, it wasn't a simple up and down and he had to get up and down and he chipped it to four feet and made the putt. And I think you and I have, have said that, like, can we trust him in those instances? And we have said, maybe not. And so yep. he, he got it done uh, to where he, he made, uh, made it the situation where Danny McCarthy had to make a par on the 72nd hold to win, which on Sunday was no easy task, especially if you drove in the rough, which which McCarthy did, made bogey, forced the playoff, and um, you know Victor was able to prevail. Um, uh, I mentioned last week I would be at the tournament. I was there from Friday through Sunday. I was there to the last putt dropped on um, during the playoff. It was a pretty incredible atmosphere um, on the seventy second hole watching Vic and then watching Denny have a twenty footer to try to win in the playoff. Um I was actually going to put on my Facebook story. Um I was I was gonna write something about see this live golf because I couldn't believe how many people were surrounding the eighteenth hole. I mean it was lying down <laughs> the fairway. It was down the fairway. Um it was crazy. Um good thing I didn't because that would have looked bad a couple of days later. But um it was really a great tournament. You know, I made the, the we made the decision to follow um, Denny after the eleventh hole. I just felt like um, I felt like he was going to win the tournament, and it really looked like he was going to win the tournament for quite a while. Um, I, we followed him through fifteen, actually sixteen, and then I, I heard we're on seventeen green. I knew that was Victor Hovland making a birdie. Um, he made the only birdie on 17 on Sunday, pretty remarkable and, uh, raced up to 18 to see, uh, to see Victor finish and then, and then stayed there. But it's, it's such a great tournament because it it really is a major championship layout, um, all the way back to Thursday, Davis Riley led the tournament at six under. And, um, you know, I mentioned to a couple people, I said, I guarantee you that, that, that might be the winning score. I, 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 I said it's going to be six, seven, or eight, and uh, six gets you in a playoff uh, is what it ends up as. Or no, seven gets you in a playoff. So um, pretty incredible that this, the golf course just continues to hold up. It's it's a playable course for these guys from the fairway, but once you, once you drive in the rough, once you get into trouble, it can absolutely punish you. Um, not a lot of low scores out there Sunday. Um, I had, I had read that there wasn't rain in the area for 20 days leading up to the tournament, which I think was it probably played right into their hands of making it firm and fast. Some of the pin placements on Sunday were incredibly difficult. Um, but yes, it's just it's just a really good golf course. There's a couple holes that I don't I don't love. Um, you know, seven is this par five that is kind of funky. It's kind of quirky. It's a little weird. Um, you know, I don't know if it necessarily fits with the rest of the course, um, but there's some holes I really, really like out there. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the fifth hole, the the par five. It's 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 got it's basically a big dog leg right. It's a divided fairway. The second second part of it, creek runs up the middle. It's a little gimmicky, but it it's a really good strategy hole. I think if some guys were hitting five wood or four iron, four iron. Um, 
So that was a fun one to watch actually there. There's a lot of good strategy involved in that whole um, 11. I, I camped out a long time on Sunday, the par five, really cool to see shots come in there. I saw Rory hit a 211 yard second shot. And I'm telling you his ball comes down. Like it's just, this, it's so soft and it's so high. I mean, I, I, I'm sure he had seven iron or something like that, but he hits the ball so incredibly high and it lands so soft. Um, but it was it was just a really fun week. Got to see a lot of guys, uh, a lot of the top guys play a few holes. Got there Friday, saw Rory and Spieth play a few holes together. Saturday morning was probably the best experience. Uh, Scotty got out there early. Um, I think he was a second group out. Followed him for seven or eight holes. That guy is incredible to watch. I mean, he he didn't miss a shot. He hits everything within fifteen feet. Um, and we could talk about Scotty, but his putter is just absolutely killing him. But he was incredible to watch as a ball striker. Um, John Rahm, I need to talk about, though, um, on Saturday afternoon. Got, got. I mean, it, you know, the crowd was getting pretty spicy the end of the day Saturday. A lot of the beers were flowing by the end of the day. Um, Rahm was so pissy on Saturday afternoon, the last few holes. And he was in such a bad mood because he had, I'm sure in his mind, played himself out of the golf tournament. Turns out it, it wasn't that way, but he wasn't playing well. We get to 18 team, um, watch him tee off. He, he, I think he missed it right. And he just took out a boom mic so quickly. Uh, I mean, just took it off through his tee, kind of, I mean, it toured what it looked like the fans obviously didn't make it there. And he's just glaring at the fans. And I mean, people making comments like here comes the putter throw, you know, from happy Gilmore, things like that. It was absolutely incredible to see Rahm and his element. And that dude is scary when he, <laughs> and he is upset. You're kind of worried in the crowd. Like, is he gonna, is, is he gonna fuck me up if I say something? Um, but that dude is, he is just, in, he is an intimidating force out there, but, uh, it is a it is a first class event for anyone that that wants to go to a, a tournament that's not that far away, and it is a elite golf course, and I, I couldn't recommend it anymore. So spectacular time! Hats off to the Memorial Tournament. Uh, I'll be going back for sure. Yeah, it. Uh, I wish I would have been been able to watch a little bit more of it, but um, also had to had a golf tournament and everything like that, which uh, we'll talk about on another show. But uh, but. Yeah, it's you know Jack always wanted it set up. It seems like as with with firm, fast conditions, long rough, you know, and, and everything like that. Um, was there? I mean, all these guys hit the ball just amazing, and like you see, you talked about Scotty Scheffler, and I'm sure you saw the tweet he where he gained strokes gained just in 72 holes. He gained like 20. Point three shots or something, some insane amount. And they said that, uh, I, I read and this, obviously this is not possible, but if you had his strokes gain T to green and there was a Denny McCarthy's strokes gain putting right. would have shot like 36 under par or some, some ridiculous amount. I mean, yeah. just to be something like that, but was there anybody that I, cause you followed a lot of different guys. Was there anybody yeah. that really like surprised you or impressed you with just their, like their ball striking? Cause like 
Mm. For me, when I hear a ball striker who hits it pure, there's just a little bit of a different sound. And I went for several years to the Buick Open in Flint, Michigan. We would go every single year since it was just a few miles away from us. And and I can remember to this day uh, watching Ernie Els and Phil Mickelson. They rarely played in that, that event, but those guys, the way they hit the ball and, and the ball shot out with just their, you know, their steel-headed drivers, I think was at the time when it was before they had titanium. But was there anybody like that I, that you were just like, whoa, this this is just it has a different sound to it than I expected. Um, honestly, and 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 I hated watching him after he got to the green, and we know why. But Keegan, um, Keegan played Keegan. incredible. King played incredible on Saturday. I think he had a 65, and I mean, just compared to the field, he he blew away the field that day. But he's also maddening to watch in the greens with aim point, and it it really TV doesn't do justice how slow some of these guys are with aim point. I mean, I, it kind of blew me away how many guys are doing it, and I didn't maybe realize the scope of how many were. Um, watched to hit the gala for a few holes. Um, just so damn likable, so fun to watch. He made a few birdies while we were watching him. And um, actually, so my, my kid got his autograph, got a picture with him um, on Saturday. Um, so as big fans, we were, you know, pretty on top of, he was on top of the world about that. So earned, earned some more uh, respect points for me, taking a photo with him. But he was, he was great to watch. I mean, he not, not necessarily blew me with ball striking, but I think we know he could just kind of get the ball around and figure out a way to score. Um, you know, conversely, I watched off 11 T Brant Snedeker, JT Poston. They were paired together on Sunday as we were walking by. Just wanted to see him hit the tee shot on 11 because it's, it's a cool tee shot. Just such an, such ordinary ball strikers, right? Like I've seen, I've seen Johnny Strouser hit exactly the kind of drives they're hitting probably more impressively but um you know we've talked about in the past what what what's some of the difference makers with with those guys versus you know great amateurs like yourself it's just maybe the repeatability and um the fact that jt poston can just light it up on the greens and um but you know that that's i just want to make that point though there's you know you see some of these guys and you're like "Hmm, i mean that's that's a nice 285 yard drive but it's nothing special. Um, uh, and I know that was like Snedeker's first event back in quite a while. I didn't even realize he was alive anymore, but um, made the cut and uh, uh, he managed to, to have a decent finish. But yeah, I, I also the 12th hole is an awesome golf hole and it's an awesome golf hole to watch from behind the tee because I, I, you can't appreciate what a sliver of a green that is. And the pin on Sunday literally looks like it's, two feet from the water um, watched a little bit on Saturday. Saw Adam Scott hit in the water there, kind of end his tournament from chances of winning at least um, there's just so many good holes and it really requires just tremendous ball striking. And it's too bad. Scotty Shuffler was last in the field in putting because he really deserved to win um, based on what I saw of him and what the numbers reflected. I mean, not only was he, I think he gained 20 strokes on the field, ball striking he he was nine nine above the next best guy john rom i mean that's unreal i think i saw it was the best ball striking week um in the strokes gained area since vj singh in 2004 um 
It's incredible. Um, he should have won the last three tournaments. Should have won the PGA. Mm. Should have won the Colonial. Should have won the Memorial. But um, he's the best ball striker in the world. He's got to figure out this putter. I, I don't know what the deal is. Why he hasn't tried anything different, I don't really get it. Um, but Memorial, great tournament. Good win for Victor. Let's see if it launches him into this uh, kind of new, bigger echelon of, of, of elite players. Five minutes on the Canadian Open, Johnny. Um, we don't really have a lot to talk about with the golf course. Um, I don't know if you know anything about the golf course. I know it's in a different course than it's been. Um, I know it kind of moves around, but I haven't seen this layout. Um, is there anyone that you've got a quick beat on, whether it be due to the number, their recent form, whatever it may be? Well, I... I did place a couple bets today and well, it was actually, yeah, this morning, right before the, the chaos of, of what ensued with, uh, with PJ tour there, there's some guys that I, that I like, um, you know, I really want to bet a Canadian, but I think there's a lot of pressure for these Canadian guys to win. So you look at a guy like Corey Connors, who I think this golf course fits really well for, um, is, is he likely going to win? I, I I just don't feel good about that. Um, but Rory is such the the huge favorite there. But with who who even knows if 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 he's you know if he's mentally into it? I mean, he's playing. You know, he's defending champion, and he is the right the week before the United States Open. So is he really going to play and, and go hard at it, or is it just something he's just going to look to sharpen his game and answer? you know, a buttload of questions about, you know, about what's going on here with uh, the PGA tour and the, and the public investment fund. So like a guy like him, I'm going to stay away from, but guys I like are, I do like Terrell Hatton still. I think he's playing good, really good golf, uh, real solid. Um, Shane Lowry's starting to kind of trend in the right direction there. Um, probably my favorite bet though. And he's, he's a little short for me, but I still placed a bet on this morning was Sam Burns. Um, Played mm-hmm. solid at the uh, um, at the Memorial. Um, played pretty good at Colonial. I know it is a lot of weeks here in a row, but it just feels like he's he's one of those guys that uh, you know where he trends, where he kind of just busts out after you know after some okay play, and then you know he progressively gets better. So you know he's had some good events there, and, and Burns is um, Burns is one of the guys I'm, that I'm targeting. Burns at 14 to one right now. Definitely. I think he finished top 15 last week. Yeah. Um, moments where I think he would sneak into the top 10, make a couple bogeys, come back. Um, reasonable play, obviously. Um, you know, Rory five to one. Definitely. I think you would agree. Probably unbettable at five to one. Didn't even talk about that. He was a 54 hole leader last week and kind of faded on Sunday. Do some, do some really poor wedge play yet again. Um, kind of that, that similar story we've seen from Rory, but don't, can't touch him at five to one. If he wins, great. Congratulate him. Um, I, I want to like Justin Rose at 18 to one, but gosh, that's a short number right it's now. It's just so like, short. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's my issue with a lot of these guys under at least 20 to one is, you know, on the surface, I sort of like them. Like I, I can't trust Cam Young right now and 14 to one is way too low. And uh, 
Uh, Tommy Fleetwood, again, I could go down that road, but again, at 20, I, I, again, Tommy Fleetwood's never won a PGA Tour tournament, and at 20 to 1, that's just, that's a little tough for me. Um, I, I got to be honest, Johnny, it's it's kind of tough as you go down here. Um, I'm really interested to see Ludwig Aberg's uh, debut on yeah. tour. Um, 50 to 1, I mean, maybe he could pull a Rosang and uh, win in his pro debut. That would be awesome. Um, probably, I mean, Potential Ryder Cupper for the Euro team. I have to think it's on the table. It, um, I don't know. It could be. I mean, you know, who knows how this is going to end up playing out with, uh, with you know, with the, the the live guys and everything like that. But you're right. Um, I, I really was one of the first things I checked what Aberg's number was. I was hoping he was going to be something, you know, sixty to seventy to seventy-five to one, fifty. 50 is kind of low, and but I think like all the numbers, I think just with the slightly weaker field, that's just what we're going to have to deal with this week. Um, another guy I liked kind of is Adrian Moronk, um, been playing good golf. Mm-hmm. He can actually earn, I read, he can actually earn special PGA Tour membership with either a top 15 or a top 20. I cannot remember now because it's been so long since this morning since I looked, but he has major motivation to play well and he's been playing good golf on the dp world tour so there is the possibility that he could earn pj tour membership which is obviously obviously pretty pretty big for him another guy is a guy who contended at um at the memorial is david lipsky at 90 to 1 um i do like that number and i don't mind him as a small win bet but you can get him at uh plus 750 as a top 10 so he's a guy who's going to be on my card um and I, I see that. And then the name that does pop up and it usually pops up on these um, on the secondary events, but obviously there is not one this week is Carson Young also at that 90 to one uh, number there. He's come very, very close in, in those uh, you know, those secondary events and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, he's played some solid golf this whole season. And I think uh, he might be worth a sprinkle on a win bet as well as, you know, a top 10 or top 20. I like Lee Hodges. I like the way he's uh, played some of these these uh, events recently. Last week, finished I think fifteenth, around fifteenth. He was um, right there going into Sunday. I would like him a little bit better if it was seventy or eighty. He's at sixty on DraftKings. Maybe search around on Lee Hodges. Um, I, I think I'm largely going to stay away from the top. I might I might take Sahith at 28 to one just as a fan uh, rooting interest. He really struggled over the weekend though at the Memorial. He got he got kind of beat down. I think he shot 84 on Sunday. It's not not the best form going into uh, the next week. Um, but Adam Spenson at 50. You're right though. These Canadian guys are kind of priced in a pretty tough manner Hadwin, he's at 45 Connors at 18. It's, it's tough to really feel great about any of those numbers for them. Um, so this might be a big, and I don't say this often a big top 10 top 20 week for me, because I just don't, I, I can't, I don't feel great about a lot of these guys um, with what they're priced at. Yep. I got, I got one more way down the board. I mean, the, you know, you could throw a lot of names out here. Um, it's actually Grayson Murray. Um, <laughs> He, he won a corn ferry event. He finished, uh, mm-hmm. he finished third place at the corn ferry event. I believe it was, uh, on uh, a couple of days ago on Sunday, he's playing good golf and you know, there might be something, 
he's not going to win the event. I can't imagine he's going to win the event at 250 to one, but you can get him at 16 to one on a top 10 bet. So, you know, him just thinking, Mm -hmm. you know, he could make a cut. He's had a lot of PGA tour starts. Now he hasn't done well in them, um, you know, as a whole, but that type of experience though, that uh, some good golf, if he can make the cut, you know, finish in the top 30, top 40, you know, something like that, you can get some pretty great odds on them. So as for a guy that's like way the hell down there, that mm-hmm. might be slightly mispriced. I mean, he's at the same as like, uh, like Brant Snedeker, you know, who obviously made the cut at Memorial and, and everything mm-hmm. like that. But I, I would take just the form that Grayson Murray's in uh, recently as uh, as a guy who can play pretty well. Brant Snedeker had a broken sternum, I guess. Had to get his sternum rebuilt. Yeah, that's what the injury was. That's well, you know, and and I had they had to break my sternum for uh, right. surgery, so that's right. I could I could see how freaking awful that is. And yeah, it takes a long time to heal, and then you take that first golf swing, you're like, right. hang in there, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I forgot. I forgot you had something similar. Um, I, Sam Bennett. Uh, that do anything for you? Two hundred to one. I actually saw Sam Bennett tee off one on Sunday. It was nearly unwatchable watching him tee off. He waggled. Oh yeah, so so much. I was like, I, I can't watch him. I can't watch him play. <laughs> it, 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 I had I had shades of Sergio from Beth Page, uh, two thousand two. I mean, it was it was kind of tough. Um, There's actually a few guys that had a tough time watching just after they addressed the ball, like 15, 20 seconds over the ball waggling. I I I don't know how guys. Can, I I'm just. And when I get up to the ball, I'm ready to, I'm ready to go, you know, and yeah. I, I don't know how guys do that, but no, I, all right. I don't know, I think um, he's off my board. Yeah. Uh, best bets. Uh, this show will come out on Wednesday, but we'll have a uh, best bets uh, again for the Canadian open. Um, hopefully a little bit, something substantial compared to <laughs> what we're talking about on the podcast tonight. Uh, I think that's it. Uh Big show, a lot of news. Uh, thanks, Johnny, for being on and uh, talking this through. And I'm sure we'll have a lot more to get through the rest of the way with Live Golf and the PGA Tour. Can't wait. One more week, and then we got U.S. Open week. That's right. It's going to be great next week, previewing LACC, primetime U.S. Open, which is the best type of U.S. Open. should be fantastic. So we'll be back next week to break it down. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook with our best bets. And, of course, this episode on YouTube, on our YouTube channel. So thanks for joining. We'll catch you next time. Go best bets.